Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. I tried to do a little cabaret. You know, I don't know. Hey, it's Tiffany. Hello, guys. Did you miss us? We were only gone for one week. I know. But honestly, someone wrote something about they missed me singing. I don't know. I was like, oh, you're probably the only one. But Did it's they okay. Though? <laughs> don't be a hater. You see how many be a hater about singing? <laughs> Ooh, me and Mandy were start, trying to start the show for like 30 minutes. We were like lamenting over men and food and how they want you to make every sandwich because you have a special sandwich hand, apparently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of the tactic that I use so that my husband does the dishes. He'll like unload and load the dishwasher because yeah. he thinks I'm really bad at it. And I just, you know, let him, I purposefully, I might do a bad job on purpose just so he gets outraged enough to do it himself. <laughs> um, no, but this whole thing where... Like I, I cook really good food. I mean, I, I like to think so, but I like to cook meals like, you know, meatballs or spaghetti or make chicken and vegetables and have it for the week. But he's just not from that leftover life like I am raised mm. by a single mom with four kids. Like we would my mom would make one thing and we would just eat it until we were until we were just so sick of it and it was all gone. But, you know, he's from a different household. He had, you know, a mom and an abuela making fresh meals for him every day. Doesn't really go for leftovers. Anyway, like, so all I decided, forget it. I'm not going to cook these big meals because I just end up eating them myself for weeks at a time. And so I brought home some, like, bread, ham, and some damn cheese. And I put together a sandwich for him. And it was like I was just God's gift. I was just like this God. And I'm like, this this is all it takes? Yes. Why have I tried so hard? And then also, if this is all it takes, why don't you make a damn ham sandwich? Exactly. For yourself. You have a a special hand. I'm telling you, like, Superman is not, not that he doesn't cook, but he cooks like that man stuff. Like, he calls it, he has this thing called turkey roni. Don't, I mean. (laughs) And I was like, what? It's literally like, um, it's pasta. So it's almost like spaghetti, but ground turkey and then, yeah, and then like I guess some sometimes some veggies in it. I don't know. He's come up, but the 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 it's like elbow macaroni. I don't know. It's a it's a hot mess. And Is it so like he the just hamburger talked, helper. Yeah, to that extent. But like I guess he put it together himself. And you can't tell him when I first met him, he would make a vat of turkey roni, and I'm like. <laughs> What and so much so that the neighborhood kids knew, <laughs> Mr. Jerome made turkey roni, and we would have kids lined up. <laughs> it's such like a like a a kid meal, and I'm like, I mean, it's it doesn't taste bad, but it's not the kind of thing like you want to eat every day. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I felt really good because I was like, I made dinner tonight. I've not made dinner in uh, honestly probably two and a half weeks. We like not that we haven't eaten dinner. I just have not made dinner. So. He was happy that I was like, he was like, oh, you on your dean today. I'm like, meanwhile, you didn't even hear about my day and all the things that I did for business. But because I've got baked chicken in the oven and some yellow rice from a box on the um, on the stove, I'm on my dean. <laughs> so whatever happens. Does he usually do the cooking or what? Do you, what's y'all's, what's y'all's um, dynamic? Because we cook, we eat separate meals most of the time. Because I yeah. will make a nice meal for myself. I'm trying to create a human person who's got brain cells. So I'm trying to eat all my veggies. And he's like having corn dogs three nights in a row. <laughs> no, we don't. So he's not. I mean, he'll cook sometimes. But honestly, we, we will like eat out or order a lot, which I never was that person. But cause I just sometimes some days I just have so much to do. And I'm like, of course, who has time to know? cook all day? 
Exactly. So I'm trying to get better because it's not, obviously that's not ideal. So, um, but like sometimes I'll start and he'll finish. So like, he's like, I, even though I'm not like the greatest cook, I do season really well. So sometimes I'll season whatever thing we're having. And then when he comes home, he'll put it in the oven or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get better, but I'm also somebody who hates food shopping. So I'm always scrounging like, mm, what can I make with I get a little salty about this whole thing because we've been arguing more about this whole, you know, there's days when I get home super late and, and I come home and there's been no thought about what I'm going to have for dinner. I'm literally like creating your future child <laughs> yeah. and you don't care what I have for dinner. Oh, babe, I just had some warmed up pizza or I stopped at, you know, Chipotle on the way home. I'm like, so what about me? Yes. And, it's driving, and I'm like, for me, I care about what he eats. Like I'm kind of turning into my dad where my dad always asks us, what you, what'd you eat good today? And we'll tell him what we have for, <laughs> for lunch. And I always, I always check in on Enrique. I'm like, what'd you have for lunch? Okay. Well, what do you want for, you know, I, I care about what he eats and I, I feel like I'm turning kind of into like a, a naggy mom. Cause I'm like, where do you, do you eat a vegetable in your day to day? Like I never see you eat fruit. Do you like apples? I don't think I've seen you eat an apple in seven or eight years. But it doesn't – he's not doing that for me. And I'm like, I want someone to care about me, you know, what I eat. But then I talked to my therapist about it and she was all, well, you knew who he was when you married him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, if the best he can do is go to the – because he will go to the store. He will, um, you know, if I badger him enough. But he'll bring back like frozen things. He doesn't really know how to put a meal together, you know, and it'll be a lot of frozen pizzas and – Oh my God, he discovered mini corn dogs and it's been mini corn dogs for a while or like whatever, egg rolls, but he'll bring stuff back. And and she was like, if that's all he does when you have the baby, he goes to the store and brings home frozen meals that you guys can heat up. You have to give him credit. And I'm like, mm-hmm, that sounds very fair, but also not fair. Why doesn't he need to learn how to cook? I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling with it. I feel like maybe our listeners will uh, have similar experiences because it just feels like this old school gender dynamic that it's driving me a little crazy. Yes. And so I will say Superman is pretty good at not holding me to that, to the, except for when I guess it's gotten to the extreme where he's like, like, we have not had a meal in three weeks. And I'm like, well, bruh, before I got here, who's making food? Oh, you were. Let's see how we could go back to that. Although his food, like I said, is so bachelor that I'm like, I don't want it. That's so. what I'm saying. <laughs> if, if I let him cook, it's going to be frozen corn dogs. It has been. <laughs> I can't be eating that way. <laughs> like, you know, he's not going to make me a kale salad or butternut squash soup. That's what I like to eat. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. Girl, you got to let that go. That part, I'm like, oh, no, that's not I don't want to let it go. I want it. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, how was the baby shower? It looks amazing. Baby shower was epic. It was ridiculous. <laughs> baby shower was ridiculous. So if anyone who's listening from the front who has a, a background, I don't know if it's like a it's particularly Dominican thing, but... The baby showers I've been to from Enrique's side, the family, are always, like, at night. It's a big party. It's, like, basically kind of a wedding reception vibe. There's dancing. There's open bar. There's food. And so when I was sitting down to plan – not when I was sitting down to plan, but when my mom started asking about the baby shower, I immediately knew what I didn't want, which is, like, a really boring – I've been to way too many boring baby showers that are, like, on a Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4, and you have to sit there and watch, you know, watch someone open – onesie after onesie after onesie for two hours straight maybe you play a game like maybe you have mimosas and it's just not that entertaining Mm -hmm. and I I just I I didn't want to spend money on that kind of experience for my friends and so I was like let me take like let me really embrace the Dominican side of my family um and so I had my my mom and my sister who were like two midwestern white ladies at this point like they really spearheaded it but our Dominican um my my husband's brother's uh fiance Jamila who's this angel from heaven she's so helpful and so nice and I was like you need to be our Dominican ambassador and be sure that they (laughs) shepherd them through as they plan this shower and they did such an amazing job it was in my husband's neighborhood like blocks from his where his family all lives um, on Dykeman in in Inwood and in uh, this nice restaurant and they had his brother got us a DJ there was amazing music the food was like all this Dominican food there was open bar I didn't open a single present the aunties didn't like that part but I didn't open a single <laughs> present um, it was beautiful and um, the best part was at the end so I haven't told you guys but uh, a, like a month or two ago I was at my doctor. And we didn't want to know the gender. 
Like I really didn't care boy or girl. And I really love the idea of being surprised, you know, at the birth, like having Enrique, you know, run out to the waiting room and be like, it's a, you know, boy or girl or whatever. But then my doctor blew it the other day, like about a month ago, just zoomed right in on the ultrasound. I don't have no idea why. I don't know how she forgot. I've been seeing her for nearly a year. And she was like, there's his little manhood. <laughs> and I was like looking at my son's penis right there on the screen. <laughs> and so, you're like, what? I know you were like, wait, what? I, it was so many emotions. I was like, dev- I was honestly, honestly devastated. It was the hormones, Aww. but I was so sad. But anyway, the, the bright side was that we decided we were going to do a gender reveal for our moms at the end of the shower. So at the end of the shower, everyone had a great time when we brought out these confetti poppers and we announced, I told the story and then we asked our, the two moms, our moms to come over and they were just like shaking. They were like crying already. <laughs> <laughs> and these, and these are two women who have been telling me it's a girl for months. Like each of them has their own superstitions and like they were convinced it was a girl. So I knew it was going to be good. Um, and we got this, we had this really special moment where we do the, the gender reveal and it was, I, it was just perfect, perfect, perfect. And were they excited when they found it? It was a boy. <laughs> so, well, his mom came up. Enrique's mom came over and was like, "It's okay, it's a boy." Like she was almost <laughs> comforting. <laughs> I, I think she really wanted a girl. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. Honestly, everyone was. I didn't expect the entire party. They just like everyone came, and it was like one massive group hug and. It was, you know, if I'm going to do it, honestly, if I was going to do a baby shower, this is exactly the way, like over you the top, to be. ridiculous. Um, and I loved it. It was beautiful. And while I was having that epic moment, you, Miss Queen, were <laughs> just hosting the party of your life. Yeah, honestly, so it jealous. was so awesome. Yes, at 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 the at the Smith Mansion. Um, um, no, it's not a mansion. But my yeah, I had my fortieth. Honestly, it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted the people that I loved and cared about there. I, if you know me, I'm not really one for the fuss. And um, but it was nice because um, uh, Vonda who did our reception where we had at, at her restaurant. She's a friend of mine who shut down her restaurant for our reception. She she catered, and when I tell you. The food was, she. I mean, she outdid herself. The lobster macaroni and cheese was out of this world. And it happened to be perfect weather. So she ordered, because Vonda doesn't just like cook food. When she caters, she does like the whole thing, presentation, decorations, all that kind of stuff. So she ordered what they call high hats or high tables, something like that, where it's like the tall kind of like tables with like seats around it. So I was like, are we going to need it? You know, because our backyard is fully paved. Like whoever lived there before put full pavers back there. And so we had four of them. And then, um, um, Superman's sister, um, like gave us like this, like, um, it's not a money pit. It's almost like a fire. It's not a pit cause it's not low, but it's like not a money pit. I'm not to say a fire pit. (laughs) (laughs) She gave us like this fire pit thing. Oh, nice. So, but it was like, so it was just so, the weather was perfect outside. She had food outside. We had a DJ in the basement so you could hear the music upstairs. Like everyone was there. My aunts, my uncles, um, Jarrell's side of the family, like some unicorn squad members, team members came. It just was really, really nice. It was like, Tiffany, it's your life. Like, you know, people from when I was like from high school came, folks from college. So it just was a really good time. And I had a really good time. Um, and honestly, I spent like the whole time giving tours um, of the house because everyone went. It was like a housewarming slash 40th birthday party. And yeah, it was an awesome time. And I just have to say, honestly, Jermaine and Rihanna Lewis from Remain Home, their Instagram is R-E-H-M-A-I-N, home, Remain Home. They are absolutely amazing. They, um, like what, like, so Jermaine is a, is a project manager and so my contractor was okay. Um, and, um, but Jermaine really made sure he kept on track because we, I mean, we, it's like, I felt like we built the house from the ground up darn near. And then Rihanna um, with the design, um, she went to Drexel. She's got her master's in, in design and she didn't just help design like rooms or where things should be, but she went as far like planters. And this is a really nice like bookshelf that should be here. And then because they live around the corner from us, came and like hung things up the night before we transformed like the whole house with hanging up anything that was left over. We, we stayed up to like two or three o'clock in the morning the night before getting the house ready for the party. And so did they. 
and they came over the next morning, the morning of the party to help again. They are above and beyonders. They have become such great friends of ours. Um, yeah, they are amazing. I always tell people, and they're like, would you hire your contractor again? I'm like, maybe, but not without Remain Home. So, um, yeah, they're, they are absolutely amazing for it's like a design. Stunning. Yeah, it's it just. You got to use like a lot of it for the party too, which was, you know, I mean, that's the reason you buy a house, right? Is to entertain yes. in it. So. <laughs> and- yeah, and I wanted like you know I missed it because when I was in my um when I lived in my condo, my condo was like a gathering spot for when I was single, me and my girlfriends. We'd have girls night in, and and my sisters would come over all the time. So I missed our apartment was so small before when we were living in the halfway hood, um, and so now we've got this beautiful house where I just want people to come over, like um, Superman's siblings come over, my siblings come over, my niece, my nephew come over all the time, and I love it that we can have a house full of like family, friends and love. And so, yeah, it was awesome. And I forgot to tell you, but you know, I went to go see the Harriet movie. So my friend Cynthia Revo is in it. She is Harriet. Yes. And I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous because I was like, either way, I'm gonna be like, it was great. So I was practicing my, it was great face, you know? Yeah. But honestly, it was great. It was really I'm so good. Relieved. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we didn't. We didn't get her the twenty dollars bill. Can we please not mess up her movie? I know, but you know what? I it was really good. It was touching. It was sad, but bigger than everything else, it was so inspiring and inspirational. I didn't leave feeling like like twelve years of slave was amazing, but it also was devastating. Oh my god! Like I, I left like, weeks to recover. Years. What? Like, I'm still not recovered. I it mean, ruined I was, it ruined movies for a lot of people. Yes, like, movies I, about, about slavery. Like, people were yeah. like, that's the last one I'm ever going to see. I'm not doing it. Yep. I, yeah. I was broken. Like, yeah. bro- I was hysterical in the movie theater. But this, I did not leave that way. I left feeling like I left the Beyonce concert. I was like, who won the world, girls? Like, I felt <laughs> so empowered. Honestly, Mandy, I was like, what else can I do for my people? What can I do for women? How can I be better? Like it was, and I love that feeling because it didn't sugarcoat slavery and all the horrific things that happened. But what it did was through Harriet and her story, what it made you realize is that despite that, there is courage, there is strength, there is grace, there is, it just, she's, Harriet Tubman, truly a superhero. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but I really enjoyed it. And from the vibe that I felt when the lights came on, everyone really enjoyed it. It it didn't leave you feeling sad. It left you feeling like, what can I do? So yeah, that's all I wanted to hear because I was, I was trying to convince two of my friends who listened to the show actually to go. And they're both just like, no, we're not going. Look, we're done with slave movies. And I I could tell from the previews, it's much more than a slave movie. Like, first of all, in slave movies, typically they center around an African-American character. Yes. Lupita, was a, was one of the central figures in, in 12 Years a Slave, but it really was about Chiwetel Ejiofor's character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just feels like, and often you see, I don't know, it just, it's it, you don't see, and even Black Panther, again, so many fabulous women, strong characters, but that was like a nice surprise. The real character yes. was Black Panther. Um, uh, anyway, so to have a movie focused on the female, like a female slave who came out, um, of that situation and to, and went back like to the courage to yes. go back and bring people with you. I keep thinking about she posted the Cynthia posted on Instagram that song that she wrote. Did she co-write uh, it or something? Yes. Stand but I up. tell you at the end the Oof. chills. I was like, this is my song. I said I told myself I'm like, oh my god, it made me. I remember I used to like kind of like finally say like whenever I used to do like an online class that like. The reason why I teach so much when it comes to financial education and the reason why I do so much for free is that I remember distinctly like praying, quite honestly, that God, if you'll teach me, I promise I'll 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 help others. And like I, I used to say, like, I'm I wanna be the Harriet Tubman of um of financial education, but I mean I say it tongue in cheek, but honestly, no, I do that I feel like that as I get free, I can't be free if I'm not if I'm not going back for other people. And so that's how the budget Easter was built from that sentiment of going back and helping others. Someone help me. And honestly, yeah, go see Harry. Honestly, I'm, I'm so inspired. I'm actually trying to figure out with the city. I want to, I want 
the budget needs to, to, um, to buy out a theater. It's like maybe like $1,500 ish. So I want to buy out a theater to maybe have like high school seniors, or, or I'm trying to figure out what group should, um, should, cause Newark has like a, um, a theater that Shaq owns. So I'm trying to think like what group to invite to see how many tickets it includes. Cause I know there's about 800, um, high school seniors in, in the city of Newark. So I don't know how big the theater, but that's what I want to do. I want to buy out a theater and, um, and, and invite like, you know, a, a specific group of probably students to go watch the Harriet movie. Um, yeah, that's how inspired I was. I was like, no, it needs to be seen that you are capable of so much more than you even, you know, you even know. And that, that if you're waiting to not be afraid to make a move, like you, you're going to have to move fearful, fearfully. Like that's what you really learn that like, those people who make history happen, it's not because they were fearless. It's because they moved despite the fear. And so, yeah, go see that movie. Child, go see it. November 1st, right? Yep, November this 1st. Friday? Okay, done. Dragon yeah. Husbay. Dragon <laughs> Husbay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Congrats to Cynthia. Love her. She crushed yeah. me in color purple. Oh, okay. And she sings in the movie, too. So her voice, of course, is like an angel. Oh, so. she does. Oh, yes, she's yeah. so annoying and good. <laughs> I'm really sorry for you being her friend, at least from, I could be a fan. I don't have to like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I know, um, right? I'm like, oh, just anywhere perfect, Cindy. Of course, she's like in perfect shape. And she's like British and has a beautiful accent. Shall we get to some questions? Yes. Okay. Awesome questions today. Again, you guys can hit us up on the gram. Uh, we're at Brand Ambition Podcast on Instagram, or you can send us an email directly, brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is also out there. You can go to brandambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything to shoot us your questions. Let's take you guys with your car problems. We have to take this question because I feel like, we get a lot of questions from people who are in car debt, auto debt, and we all know how I feel about it. I just think, oh, uh, uh, auto debt's crushing people, mm-hmm. um, but we're not here to judge. We are here to help. So let's take a question from Instagram user. We'll call her Portia. All right. She says, hey, ladies, I've gotten myself into a pickle. I have a new car that I knew when I bought it that I didn't really want to take on this financial burden. I did it anyway. I was so scared of getting a used lemon car that I went ahead and got a more expensive used one. Come December, this December, my credit will be 100 points higher than when I bought the car. So I plan to refinance it, but that's if I decide to keep it. I've been contemplating lately doing a voluntary repossession. I remember Tiffany said that Superman did a voluntary repo. So I want to know, does voluntary repo negatively impact your credit? And if so, for how long? So she's got this car that she can't afford. She could potentially refinance her auto loan because her credit has improved since she got it. Um, but she's like the car payments are so high that she's considering just giving it up altogether, Tiff. So, yeah. So say? I will say that, I mean, well, here's one thing for sure. When you, your credit score will likely take a hit if you do a, a voluntary um, uh, repossession. But bigger than that, if you're doing a voluntary repossession, you you're going like you're still gonna owe. So that was the hard part for Superman is that he had to give the car back, but there was still a balance. So you're paying this balance, but you have no car. Um, so you you have to kind of mentally prepare for for that fact because so he let's just say the car was fifty thousand dollars. And he, um, he, you know, sent it back and they were like, we're going to give you, um, he ended up having a $5,000 balance, $45,000 for it. There was that $5,000 balance that he had to pay because, so what he ended up doing was he took a loan from his credit union. So that way he wouldn't owe, he wouldn't like the interest rate on what he owed wouldn't be as high. So he took a loan from his credit union. They paid 
you know, um, um, the car dealership. That's where he sent it back to. But he still owed, like, like I said, that that five thousand um, dollar balance that he had to just pay until he paid it off. He's glad he did it. I mean, he was bitter in the beginning, because you know, whatever. But you know, I I told him, I'm like, you know, it's either. I don't know if you guys remember, but his his car um, note was like nine hundred dollars a month. A full mortgage that did not include um, insurance, and then his insurance was like you know another I don't even know, but he was paying like literally a mortgage a month. He had one of those um, Yukon Denali's, you know, like those big cars, you know. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but and but it's also the reason he ended up owing is because when you re when you voluntarily give up your car, the dealership or the lender, whoever owns it, is going to try and sell it, and if they can't yes. sell it, if they can't sell it at enough value. Um, to cover your outstanding loan, then they'll, you'll basically owe the balance, right? Yes. Yeah. But but here's the thing. It, it, like, I'm, well, I'm assuming you're, she's not late. So let me not say for sure that the voluntary repossession is going to is gonna um, affect your credit because a lot of times people do voluntary repossessions because they've missed, and I, I didn't hear her say that. She hasn't missed any, any um, payments, correct? It doesn't sound like it, but the repo itself, that will go on your credit report. Like yeah. it's one of, it's like your missed payments would, but also just like the fact that you repoed it. But honestly, if it's a trade-off, like if you feel like you're getting close to the point where you're going to start missing payments, that would end up your credit too. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's a give, it's a lesser of two evils thing. Yep. I mean, you ultimately and- should do what's best for your finances moving forward. And if that means yeah. giving up the car, take the and hit. Sometimes, I say sometimes, sometimes it's like you have to take the little L so you don't have to take the big L later. Because there are moments as an adult where either way, you're taking an L. You know, like yeah. L as in loss, because some of y'all are like, what? You know, so either way, you're going to take a loss. So you have to sometimes ask yourself, like, well, which loss is less of a loss? And, you know, it might be, you know, um, giving your car back, paying off whatever that balance is that that wasn't able to be um, recouped from the sale of your car, and and then rebuilding, like, you know, credit, honestly, is not the hardest thing to rebuild. It's just making on-time payments. If you can pay off a credit card in full every month by swiping Netflix on it or something, that's going to help tremendously. And then you'll be back versus dragging out, like, like having a car that you really can't afford to the point where you actually can't afford it, and then you're late. And now it's not a voluntary repossession. It's just a repossession because you haven't made payments. Yep. She mentions refinancing her auto loan. And that could be a solution, especially if the payments are so high that she's struggling with them. And it maybe it, I don't know exactly what her APR is, but it sounds like her credit was pretty poor. Maybe she she thinks she's going to get a better mm. interest rate. She says her credit score is going to be a hundred points higher soon. Um, but my thoughts on refinancing is often when people refinance their auto loans, they're tempted to draw out the mm. payment period because if you extend your loan over a longer period of time, your monthly payments will go down. Um, but you have to think about how much interest rate you're adding to the cost of that loan over time and it's it may temporarily improve your cash flow and that could be fine you know but you have to then think you're not really are you really saving money each month no because it's very likely that you're just adding to your cost by spreading it out over many months so as best you can just try to get try to get the you know the all of all of the ducks in a row like where you have a payment you can afford at a decent interest rate um, and not a crazy long repayment term um, to do that so that you're you're not giving the bank any more money than you absolutely have to. And interest. just remember, like moving forward, getting a car, honestly, I've never had, well, when I was in college, my dad got like a lease. So I guess that's the closest to like a new car that I've had. Um, but I've never owned, owned a um, brand new car that, that, um, that's the best way to go. Like I'll never, ever get a brand new car. Instead you can, I get it that you're like, I don't want to, there's a different, there's a, there's um. everybody thinks like you got a used car has to be like a putt putt, you know, like a lemon. Then I have to get a new car. There's something in between. You can get a car that's two years old. That's what I have now. Well, when I got it and it was certified pre-owned, meaning that they brought it up to speed as a new car. And um, and what's so great about that is that certified pre-owned means that there's typically a warranty and it ranges, I would say, I, what I typically see is like 100,000 miles or like six years or sometimes 10 years. So what that means is like my husband now, 
his car was making some noise. So he too has a certified pre-owned car. And it was making some noise, dropped it off at the dealership. They gave him a loaner. And they're like, oh, it's the gasket and the da da blah, 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 whatever. He's going to pay nothing because it's certified pre-owned. That means all of those things are covered. And they've, they've certified that for, for um, uh, I think it's six years up to 100,000 miles. And so he still has like four more years on it. And his car only has 30,000 miles. So 70,000 miles or, or four more years, whatever comes first. Anything that has to do with um, like the interior of the car, that things that are like covered by the warranty, which is most things, then it's not like if he gets a flat tire, he has to pay for that, obviously. He doesn't have to pay for that. And so that's what I would suggest to people. Certified pre-owned is like my fave because you get to take the edge off of um, depreciation by not getting a, a brand new car, but you still get the flavor of a brand new car because your car is typically a year or two or max three years old, but you've got um, you've got a, um, a warranty that really covers your car fully. That's an incredible so that's warranty. Saying. That are I I can't remember it was either it's either six years I think it might be six years not ten years um but I have seen that ten years but I think it's six years certified um six years up to I want to say a hundred thousand miles but I don't I, I don't remember exactly but like I only thing the reason why I came up is because literally today he was like I had to drop off the car I was making some noise and I was like well what did they say he said they were telling him this and this and this and that he's like okay whatever. And he was like, you know, I was like, you know, what, what do you have to pay? He's like, I just asked him to do oil change. So I just had to pay for the oil change. And I was like, cha-ching. That's why I love me a certified pre-owned. Yeah. That's an amazing warranty. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for your question. Let's take one more. This one comes from an Instagram user who'd like to remain anonymous. She says, I recently found out I'm pregnant and I was wondering about starting a baby savings fund. Do you guys think this is necessary? If so, how much money should be saved before baby gets here? We have 10K saved in an emergency fund and plan to pay at least 30K in loans before the baby arrives. Our money is being stretched thin with a new house, loans, etc., but we're trying to get our life together. Thanks, you too. Love listening to you. Ooh, girl, I can identify. So you got 10K saved. That's awesome. You got a plan to pay off 30K in loans before the baby arrives. That is also awesome. Um, let's see. Me not being a financial planner, what do I think is important? I think it's important that you guys focus on problems in front of you right now, which obviously the loans uh, and paying off debt is a form of savings, to be honest. Um, at the same time, though, $10,000 isn't a, you know, it's not a bad start for an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. I don't, and, and in fact, if your cost of living is such that that really is something like, you know, a year's worth of of, um, of, you know, monthly expenses or a half a year or whatever, it's not a bad start at all. Um, it really comes down to take a look at what it takes you guys to live, add in, this is what my financial planner told me to do, add in any additional cost um, for the child. So kind of do a rough estimate of things like food and, oh my God, thousands of diapers mm. and childcare should you need childcare the first year and add that to your um, your monthly, you know, essentials in terms of like, here's what we need to live. And then multiply that by she told us by a year by 12 months. And she said, when you have a kid, she really encourages people to um, have a fund save for a full year. And for us, that was a certain number for you guys it might be a little bit different. That being said, you know, 10k is a good start. I want to I want to say paying off your debt is just going to make you feel so much more prepared mm -hmm. for the baby. I, this year I told you guys, you know, we had a, we had a 0% interest credit card that we used for a lot of stuff for the house that we were chipping it. We had a plan to chip it away, but as soon as I got pregnant, that car drove me nuts. I hated it. And I was not happy until that car was done. And we finished it like six minutes early, six months early. Um, and it just gave me peace of mind to have that out of the way. Um, I don't have a 529 plan set up. I don't have an investment fund for my future child at all. Um, we're focusing on, um, we're focusing on almost, uh, well, not almost, we're focusing on increasing our emergency fund to factor in the additional cost of childcare, which we hopefully won't have to pay for next year, but for 2020. Um, and that's the focus for now, just that cash fund. And I think, you know, I think I have time. I'm not putting so much pressure on myself to have an investment fund set up Maybe I'll start one just so that the grandparents can start contributing to mm -hmm. it. But I'm more, I'm, I would be more 
worried about the fund that will support our family if the worst happens, you know, if our income goes away. Um, so we won't have to rely on credit cards and, and other loans and the, all the fancy, in, you know, investment funds and stuff that can come a little bit later. It'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> That's my philosophy, that, but I'm not. A and honestly, player. it doesn't have to be fancy, right? Cause like one of the things I'm like looking into, like, I'm like, you know, like a, a simple target date fund for like your, you know, like this is like a, so not for like currently for the baby, but like, if you're like, you know what, we want to set, put aside a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, target date funds usually, so usually target date funds are typically for like retirement, but they don't have to be right. So you can do just a regular investment target date fund for your child. So you're like, oh, my child is one or two or 10 or whatever. And then you choose the target date. And usually they're like, usually the, like, say it's like Vanguard, they'll have the target date. They'll actually say 2065, 2070. So usually it's like five year increments. Um, and so you'll say like, okay, um, maybe the target date fund, you're wanting it for college. So you add, you know, um, your child is one. So you're like, okay, in 18 years or 15 years or whatever, you know, I want to have access to this, um, um, money, but not even I want access because if it's a regular investment account, you can always have access. But what it does is that, you know, um, you can put money in there monthly or when, however often that you want. And what's so great about a target date fund is that it rebalances itself at least once a year based upon um, the age of the person. Well, not so much the age of the person, but of when the actual target date is. Because the closer you get to the target date, the less risky your investments get. So in the beginning, if your target date is 20 years away, you're likely going to be more heavily invested into stocks. And the closer you get to the target date, it's probably going to be closer, closer, and more heavily invested into bonds. But you don't have to worry about all that. You're just putting your 200 bucks a month in, and it's going to invest for you and balance itself for you. And by the time your kid is 15 or 18 or whatever, you have like this money that you set aside, and it's done better than a savings account. And you didn't have to worry about like shifting around investments because it's done it for you. So I tell people uh, putting money in a target date fund is just as easy as putting money in a savings account. So why not just do that? Um, um, You know, but that's for, like I said, for long-term long-term growth and investment for your baby. And the thing with the 529 plan to remember is that, um, you know, you can only use those expenses for education. You can, you can now use it to pay for K through 12. Like if you want to send them to a private school, it can help pay for that tuition. But still, like if you, if your kid doesn't go to college, you have to find another way to use that money for education. You can't, you, that's the only way you can transfer it to another child. And it's kind of, anyway, so that's the, that's the downside. So I agree. I mean, if you're going to try and invest, you could just open an IRA, um, you know, or a brokerage account or whatnot and, and start investing that way. Um, for your kid. There's a lot of good articles out there on like pros and cons of, you know, a Roth IRA versus a 529 plan. And I'll try and share some links in the show notes for you guys. Yeah, um, I'm so nervous about 529 plans, right? Because I'm just like, oh, what if my kid, I mean, even though I know you can use it for like education now, like, you know, but I'm like, what if my, you know, who knows what college is going to be? Am I selfish for thinking that, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Am I selfish for thinking, all we do is interrupt each other. What are we talking, what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> talk over each other the whole time um, anyway politely I I part of me is like I'd rather yeah like isn't my kid gonna be a genius won't they get scholarships like you know I figured out how to pay for school I part of me is sort of like I'm not so worried about you know completely financing I'm not I just won't completely finance college education I mean there, there are other I just know there's so many ways or hopefully there will still be ways for to to you know, subsidize the cost of education. If you get good grades and you look for scholarship opportunities, like I don't want to, I don't want to put that pressure all on me. And, and part of my, part of the, you know, the way that I was, that I was raised, you know, my, I, I grew up financially insecure for my parents. Like I was really worried all the time about my parents' finances. I still am. It's something that still worries me. And I feel like I need to be financially, it drives a lot of my motivation for being financially independent Part of me, like when I think about what I want to give my child, the gift to them that they probably will never appreciate, but I will because of I, what I went through, I want to give them the knowledge that mom and dad are okay. Like the knowledge that we are financially sound. They don't have to worry about us. All they have to do is worry about themselves. And I, so when I'm approaching my future financially, and I kind of talked to my financial advisor about this and my therapist a little bit, but 
I, I want to make sure that my husband, like we're right, you know, that our finances are in good shape, that our lives are rich and whole. And it maybe it makes me sound selfish and maybe I'm not articulating it right, but do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I want to set a really good financial foundation for us so that my kid can succeed on their own merit and not have to worry about us later. Am I a terrible parent now? No, no. Cause honestly, <laughs> I feel like that's how, that's how um, Superman feels. Because here's the thing. To me, the best gift a parent can give a child is not to be financially dependent on them when they get older. Like, yeah. And I think for the real. only reason I'm successful is because I really, I knew I did not have a damn safety net. There was no net mm-hmm. waiting for me. I had to, I had to do it. And I don't, and kids who grow up with that sense of comfort that there's going to be someone, you know, to pick them up or some money to fall back on or some inheritance. I just don't think they try as hard. Maybe that's a bad stereotype, but yeah. that's, that's where my head's at. What do you think? I think, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I'm really, I was always really, it, it was good to know, I mean, up until like really like recently that I didn't have to worry about my parents financially, that my mom retired like a little earlier than anticipated. And then there was a little bit of stress there because we were like, okay, so how are we going to help them manage? So it, because here's the thing, your kid figuring out college when they're 18, 19, 20, they have many years ahead of them. If by the time they're in college, you should be winding down and, and, and figuring out um, your own retirement. And if you're if they're now thinking like, well, how am I going to manage my life now? I also got to take care of my fan- parents financially. No, put your mask on first. I really if you had to choose between your child's college education and your retirement, I say hands down, always your retirement, because college educations can be figured out a myriad of ways. Your retirement you know, you don't want to be like, I've got five years left. We, we got to make a miracle happen. Like, no, 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 no. Put your mask on first, just like they tell you on a flight. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. So just making sure that you're financially sound. And to the listener who asked about the baby fund, you know, they have this debt that's weighing on them. You know, a, a, a setting your kid up so that you guys don't have debt is sort of a gift in, in and of itself. And at least you know you have the a, a decent enough emergency fund to handle you know, a, a few setbacks and it's not like you're completely being vulnerable. So paying off that debt and then trying to replenish or to keep adding to your emergency fund to the point where you, you know, get to a, um, get it beefed up now that you have the additional expense of a kid coming. I think that's a fair priority versus putting money into a college fund. You know, you can, it's on my list that would probably come third. Um, but if you're truly worried about it, you can do what I did, which is, you know, chat with a financial advisor and they can kind of help honestly verify what you already know sometimes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> point you in, in the right direction for, um, for the near future. to boost and break with all our BA family. We gonna boost and we gonna break. What we gonna do, Mandy? <laughs> you always set me up. Even though we know Tiffany also rhymes. <laughs> I know. That's true. Well, I don't want to say what we gonna do, Tiffany, because it's like, you know, I'm late. So convenient. Um, <laughs> so convenient. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think. Oh, I got another Brown Ambition run-in. Where, what was it? Girl, what I'm telling you, in these streets, they're loving this podcast. It's so awesome for people to want to be like, I love you. I love Mandy. I love the podcast. Or they'll say something podcasty, and I'm like, you listen? Because I always feel like it's just me and you talking. And I'm like, oh, people listen. So that's been happening a lot lately. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, literally a woman ran up to me, and she gave me a hug. It was like, oh, oh, I forgot, I forgot. And that's how I knew instantly she was like a listener. (laughs) So are you saying that you love hugs now and you will accept them on the street? No. That's what you're saying. I don't hate hugs. I don't hate hugs because dream catchers are not creepy. I have to say, I haven't met anyone that's made me feel like, girl, but women tend not to be creepy, thankfully. So, um, so no, I don't hate hugs. I mean, hugs are not my fave, but you guys are definitely warming me up. And honestly, I do love the love. That's one thing I do love. It's just, I love how much, you know, you guys are like, and it'll be funny because they're like, and this one's for Mandy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'll take a hug. So, just don't rub my bump. Yes, that is so rude. Cannot so if you don't mind, I can, I can go first if you want me to. That's fine. I'll go first, just to be fair. <laughs> it's cool. 
I, um, my, I, I, I don't know. All I can think, and I was trying to, trying to tell Tiffany this, all I can think right now, and I knew after the baby shower, it would kind of be like, it was like the thing I was looking forward to. And then as soon as it ended, it would be like the other side of the baby shower. We feel so much closer to the fact that the baby's coming soon. So I'm down to five weeks and I am something has, I've done all this prep and I keep trying, I've been done all this prep work. I've been seeing my therapist who specializes with new moms. I've been, you know, working on my transition plan for work and something about this week. I just feel like I don't have enough time. Like I'm starting to get a little frazzled. I'm starting to get anxious. I'm texting my husband. Like he's like, what's wrong with you? Relax. And I'm just like, we don't have the right bassinet yet. We don't have this. We don't have that. Um, and I, I don't, maybe it's just, I don't know the fact that I'm far along in my pregnancy, but I'm, I don't know how to, I need to, I need to get a grip. I need to get a, a massive grip. So my, my boost, I'm sorry, my break is just for my own anxiety and I was just trying to give myself a pep talk after I got off work and be like, listen, if you were a girlfriend, you would remind them of all the steps they've taken to be prepared for this baby and you would not be freaking out like you are. But I, I am. It's like and I was at a meeting today at work and it was this like women and leadership at my company kind of powwow. And I kind of went off on them because I felt like I'm not super supported with all the maternity leave stuff at my company like it's a little convoluted it's a little confusing and I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like I only have a month left to figure out my 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 um, benefit plan and all that kind of stuff and um and it was probably good for me to give them that feedback but it's just little things like that are, are just not like totally figured out and I don't have a pediatrician yet and I know I was supposed to do that by now and anyway I'm sure this is just like coming off as rambling, but I'm, I'm going a little nutso. So maybe you guys can help me. And if Aww. you were going to give me like, what are the, what are the, like the five things I can do this week that will make me feel less insane, like less ill-prepared Aww. for that, that <laughs> having mom a baby. Box. You did that like- mom box is legit. I've had moms. <laughs> I had a couple of moms visiting me, like friends mm-hmm. of mine. And they were like going, they were like, this is perfect for new moms. Oh, yeah! I was so, you have no idea. I was like researching, researching. I was asking, I had asked all the unicorn moms because we have like, come on, just had a baby less than a year ago. Uh, Tamara's baby is like two. We have like, so I was just asking all these moms and, and they were giving me like a list of things like, girl, nipple cream and da 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 And I vaguely remember like a year ago, I was like, wait, there was like a box that had like all of this stuff that you wouldn't think that you knew because I was like you're gonna get enough onesies enough like because I bought at first I, I bought this cute and I'm still gonna send it to you but I bought this cute little like elephant blanket with a little elephant attached to this all and I'm like okay but Mandy's gonna have 10,000 of these like cute little things but like what about for you and what about like an ice pack for my vagina for real what about I that was- because I opened that and I was like yes yes I will be split in half you're right I do need this vagina shape Ice pack. I was so was excited when I was like, I was like, wait. And so I Googled like mom survival kit, first time mom, and then mom box popped up, and that's when I remembered. I remember this what it was. So I got you one and um and Taylor. You should have gotten it by now. Tay um Taylor. Well you know Taylor, Taylor Kathleen. Do you know she's pregnant? Wait, Taylor who? Taylor, our Taylor. Who Taylor? From um from, um Elevate. She wrote for um Oh, Taylor Gordon? Yes. Oh, congrats, Taylor. Hey. Yes. She's due about around the same time as you. She, she just had Atlanta, her baby. I think. Uh, yes, but I think she's moving to Germany. I don't know. It's a lot. Anyway, okay. I I sent um I sent Taylor a, a mom box as well because so many moms were like I remember when um when Drina um had Gabe and my sister Carol had just had. Um, I forget, whoever came first, but they were like, I remember her saying, girl, you're going to need nipple cream, girl, you're, like all these random things that you're like, what? And so I, I just was excited to get something that was going to be for you because there's going to be plenty of things for baby and things right? that were really going to be you. like, yeah, <laughs> that were really going to be, for real, that were really going to be like helpful. Like that you're like, I never even thought of this. Like I, you know, like I didn't realize like extra hospital underwear and all these kind of things. So I was like, yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. It's perfect. And I was looking on the website. They have one for people who are planning a C-section because they have all kinds of other issues. Um, no, I really, I, it's a, it's a, it was such a sweet gift. Thank you. Um, you're like, right. I felt so good. Andy got sent me some really beautiful flowers. Honestly, they were gorgeous. Oh, good. Like, it's hard because you don't get to see them. So, you know, I went local. <laughs> it was someone, it was a florist in Newark. 
No, it was perfect. It was, they were so beautiful that I ended up for the party making them like a centerpiece and then getting other similar bouquets. I, I used it as a picture, like, I want four other bouquets for the tables. So they were like beautiful. Because I, I love autumn colors. So it's a love fest up in here. I know you guys are like, Bleh! okay. No, um, you need to hear me <laughs> complain. But seriously, though, if you have any tips or, or you just want to tell me, girl, I was freaking out too and I survived. Um, I feel like we're prepared, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's coming, man. Five weeks, five short weeks. Or as everyone has been telling me, I feel like everyone who ever delivered early has been telling me their stories this week. And I'm like, can you please not tell me these? I did not, I've never entertained the idea of delivering early, but now I'm freaking out that I'm just going to go into labor, like on the flight home tomorrow. And then what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I'll say this. So just remember this, because I remember when I went to go visit my sister and she you know, I had to tell her, okay, so remember that your husband is also a new parent. Um, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> what does that mean that they can help too? No, but meaning that like, cause she was snappish and I was like, girl, <laughs> I was like, be nice. Oh, at know, him. Oh, okay. yeah. he did have the audacity to get sick this weekend. And I was like, mother, what is wrong with you? Go get, first of all, hasn't gotten his flu shot yet. Should have done that already. Second of all, had the audacity to get ill. I had to take care of him this weekend. And I'm like, how <laughs> dare you? Can't you microwave your own soup? Like, I, we don't have a bassinet yet. <laughs> like, so just remember that, that like, it's going to seem like it's me against the world. And it's like, well, you know, you're not the only new parent in the mix. And that, you know, that it's also scary and stressful and everything for him, too. And it's hard because, you know, especially if you're going to breastfeed, it's really hard because, you know, like baby is like, I don't know who that guy is. You with the boobs come here. And so it's, <laughs> that part is like a little bit difficult because, you know, men want to help, but there's only so much when babies are like, do you have boobs? Okay, then. Yeah, get it's all away. on you. Is this, me, <laughs> is this with me? Am I feeling better after this or? What no, I'm just saying that like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like, it's going to be easy to be frustrated with him, but just understanding that both of you are new parents, that you're not the only new parent. And so you're that was right. I can't yeah. verbally abuse him. Got yeah. it. I will oh, try. Oh, hey, <laughs> sis, can I holler at you for a minute? <laughs> Just like okay, duly noted. But now, honestly, it's so awesome like to see them. Like they're so like we visited them. They're so, you know. It, and like I said in the beginning, everyone's figuring out. The baby's like, who am I? Where am I? Parents are like, who am I? Where am I? And then it gels. And then one day you're like, we got this. So, yeah. Oof, so, okay. Thanks. Yeah, for letting me awesome. let me let me get that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you're gonna be so in love. Honestly, like I, my nieces, my nephews. I'm like, oh my god. When they leave, I'm like, don't leave. <laughs> Like, I can't imagine, like, the love of your own child. You're going to be, like, so in love. So that will outweigh any other feeling of, like, fear and this and that and that, you know. Um, but, yeah. Blistered nipples. <laughs> well, did it, did it have nipple chapstick in there or whatever that thing is? Nipple cream? Yes. Thank you very much for that. I put it on my registry. People don't want to touch that, apparently. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting you nipple cream. Thank and you. My, my boobs say thank you in advance. All right, so I am going to boost as well because, like, I can't remember what the question was the last time we recorded, where, and, but I remember our answer was about thinking audaciously and thinking big and practicing speaking the thing you want out loud. So I spoke something out loud during our last recording, and it, like, came true. And I was like, whoa. So I, I, I didn't even remember. So what it was, I, I can't remember, like I said, whatever the question was. And I think, like I said, the solution was, I said, say it out loud, speak it out loud, think audaciously. And I said, my big, crazy, wild, audacious goal is I have a children's book, Molly Moore, that I've written. The illustrations are done. We're just finishing up the, the graphic design. So my big, audacious goal was Molly Moore, my children's book that I just finished writing, my first one, for it to be a billion-dollar business for it to have its own, for Molly to have her own TV show, merchandise, a book series, just like for basically Molly Moore to be the next Dora. That's my big, crazy, audacious goal. So I said it as an exercise to the BA listener that wrote in their question about, I guess, how to think big or something to that effect. Don't you know somebody, I won't say the network, I'm sure she's listening, hey girl, don't you know somebody from a huge, 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 I don't think it's cable. I don't know what they call it because I don't watch TV. But a huge network reached out, said, heard about your book, um, interested in talking about, you know, potentially developing into a show. 
And I was like, wait, what? Book, sight unseen, book unread, all, and, and it was just such a good lesson that I'm here, I am trying to teach a lesson to the BA listener, and I'm learning a lesson for myself, because the truth is, I said it about Molly Moore, but I don't know if I really believed it. I was just saying it. And what what it did was I was learning the lesson myself. And that's really my boost in that thinking and speaking and acting audaciously really does work. And we as women especially have to practice it because we are really taught to remain small, to be polite, to take up as little space as possible in this world. And you don't have to. There's nothing wrong if you're like, you want something big and huge and ginormous. You never know who's listening. So... I mean, honestly, like literally she hit me up in my, in my, in my, um, IG DMs and literally said, heard you on Brown Ambition, heard about your children's book. I love financial education and what you're doing. Let's talk about what it might look like to develop that into a show. And I'm like, is this real life? Is this real life? I love it. So you never know who's listening when you speak out loud to, and we have, you know, it's, it's kind of like the importance of networking when we, we have this audience and we have this show, you never know who's listening. So you know, by speaking, you just, you just throw it out there and you you just never know what's going to come back to you. So I love that that's the message. Yeah. So that was just really great. Honestly, I just felt really good about that. And I just, I was like, I had to share because I wasn't expecting that. And, um, yeah, just now I'm all excited. And, and so one of the things I've learned after 10 years of business is typically when an opportunity comes up like this, like something big, it's usually, it's usually the initial, like, um, the initial thing is not the thing. It's like the thing before the thing. That's what I call it. Meaning like it's there to say, get ready. So it might take a year before this relationship develops into something, or maybe it'll be another network. I don't know, but I do know that rarely when something big comes up, is it the initial thing that it's usually the thing to say, Hey, Tiffany, this thing is coming this is a reminder, get ready now. So it just like, you know, and that's how I've learned sometimes to manage disappointments because sometimes, you know, something will happen and it's like, oh, it didn't happen. And that's not true. That thing was, was there to prepare me for what was coming forth in the future. And so just keeping that in mind too, that oftentimes, you know, it's easy to get disappointed when you don't get, get what you want in your first go round, not realizing that it wasn't there for that. It was merely just like a, like a flare gun being flared up to say, Hey, here I am. The thing that you're that you're wishing and wanting and working toward is going to happen, but I need you to like get in alignment now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I don't care. I'm having a boy. He's gonna be a Molly Moore fan. I want the T-shirt. I want the backpack. <laughs> the stuffed animal. All that. Uh, I can't wait. Did I did I ever show? I showed you Molly Moore, but I haven't showed you the cover. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll I've seen it with a little fro. Yeah, yeah so cute. Oh, honestly, I'm just, I just can't wait. You know, you just know, I just feel it in my bones that like, I just, I want like, you know, not just, it's not just for little brown girls. It's really just for kids in general to start laying the foundation and for parents to have the tools and resources. Like I literally was just adding like, like literally there's a, a section and it says, Hey adult. And I break down based upon the core curriculum standards. These are the the nationwide standards that have been created by educators um, to say, hey, every school in the nation has to adhere to these standards that by first grade, kids should know this. By kindergarten, kids should know this. So I aligned it with those standards. So you, And I tell you that this, this book is going to teach rhyming and counting and, and all these other wonderful things. And then I say, here are some questions to ask your child. And here's how to turn that question into a writing activity, a reading activity, a speaking activity. So I really take like teacher Tiffany really shines at the back of the book. So you, it's not just a book for you. This is a tool to really stretch and grow your child. So I'm really excited about that component. Can't wait. When's the pub date? Do you have a, is it next year? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, it's, it's tentatively, um, January, uh, 2020. Um, so we should be going to print in like a couple of weeks. So if we go to print and it looks good, then we could just print them, which I'm excited about. Um, Ooh. I chose, I know I specifically chose a, um, is a woman owned, um, 
uh, uh, is it women owned? Yes, women owned uh, publishing company. Because someone asked me in my DMs, it's Wise Inc. Shout out to Dara. What I love about Wise Inc. is that it's the perfect hybrid of what I wanted. Traditional publishing, they typically own your stuff, but then self publishing means you have to do everything. I wanted a publishing company that was somewhere in the between. And Lovey, my friend Lovey, um, shout out to Lovey though for Munaluchi Bridal Magazine cover. She looks amazing. Go to her, go to her Insta. Anyway, so she's the one who told me about Wise Inc. And it's a hybrid in that I get ownership, so I have to pay for all my things, but then they help me with distribution and, and help me with like layout and all these other things that a traditional publisher would, but I just pay a la carte. So it's the perfect, for what I'm looking for, for this book, it's the perfect blend of personal responsibility, but professional assistance. So if you're looking for that kind of mix, then Wise Inc. is awesome. So excited, 2020. I know. All right. Well, that is the show, guys. Thank you for listening. And to those of you who pointed out there was a glitch in an episode or two ago, um, you guys missed some of Tiffany's rant against Snoop Dogg. I'm going to fix that right now. So go back. I think it's episode 193. Go back and hear her read Snoop Dogg. I'm so sorry because it is well worth the listen. I I will fix that right away. I love that. (laughs) My rant against Snoop Dogg. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.